Hey there, demons. It's us, the girls. Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins. Two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. Concerned why they don't taxidermy people? You've come to the right place, my friend. <laughs> Death, part two. I, I was going to put out like a, a warning of, hey, we're going to talk about some possibly fucked up shit, mostly about dead people or people who are dying. And if that's not your cup of tea, that is understandable. We will see you in our next episode where we go a little crazy. Man, I like totally flat affect was like, yeah, let's taxidermy some people. Why can't people get into that? And <laughs> I'm clearly not the one. I don't know why I introduce these things half the time. <laughs> you, you, I don't know if you would be the best or the worst mortuary assistant. I would think I like to bring a little bit of woo to the job. Oh, man. Have you ever read like stories of people who work in mortuaries? No. Is that a thing? It is a thing, especially like on Reddit, there are stories of of people who worked in mortuaries and some of the stuff that they see, I would shit my pants on the daily. Girl, send me the link, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cuz there was like one where this person this body got ruled in by an e- EMS person. Uh-huh. And so they rolled it in, they were the mortuary assistant was signing off. This body just fully sits up. Like rigor mortis? Rigor mortis sits up. Yes. And the assistant, like this is their first or second day on the job, just stares at them. And the EMS guy just looks and goes, yeah, they do that sometimes. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I quit. That would be my first and last day. You would have ended up on the gurney. Yep. If absolutely. you such a thing. Yeah. On the gurney. Yeah. So, why don't you kick us- would have not left the building. (laughs) Oh, my word. That is terrifying. But amazing. (laughs) Why don't you kick us off then, uh, past my my mortuary story there, of what we want to discuss this episode. So, we were talking a little bit about this, and- Even though I know we initially planned to maybe talk about assisted suicide, I'm wondering if we should maybe first touch upon the ethics of death. Sure. Because it is a real grave area. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I. There are a lot of ethics and there are a lot of laws surrounding death at least in america and then i would say there's less i don't know about the laws in other countries but there's definitely like a great deal of respect when it comes to dead in other countries and there as there should be because i've read far too many cases at least about funeral homes in the u.s where they weren't properly disposing of bodies if at all oh no or they were mixing them up yes yes they would literally like sometimes cut off the head Because they put the wrong suit on the wrong person. (gasps) Oh my god! Fully, like, fetuses in buckets with no formaldehyde in the wall so they were mummified. Like, really horrendous things. Oh my god, You know, like, OSHA would have a fit. A big, fat fit, as they should. But, like, crazy stuff. Or, like, embezzling money. Fraud. That is insanity to me. Like, I thought... You know, the the improper disposal could be, you know, with cremation, you can't always scoop all of the person out. So there's yes. a little bit of people mixed in with your people. And it's like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But just cutting off a head, really, that is... Yeah. No. no yeah, I'll you. send you the articles. Like, it was nuts. I mean, the fact that I was even reading that and just the audacity of someone who's supposed to care for this person, who someone entrusts you with, their family entrusts you with, right. to do well by this person who can no longer have the say, and then you go and do that? <laughs> Was it like a big city mortuary? Because I'm going to tell you right now, that would not fly in my hometown. They would be run out of town with pitchforks. 
As they should. Um, you know what? That's a good question. I don't remember. Let me do some digging okay. on the webs and then get back to you. Okay. With the facts. <laughs> yeah, some investigating of my own because it was several years ago that I read this mm-hmm. and have been both appalled yet not surprised ever since <laughs> when I read similar articles. Yeah. So what would you say would be like the biggest like ethical or moral rule that you need to use when it comes to dead? Yeah. Um, so I know that certain people in their testaments have certain ideas of what they want happen to their body. Yeah. And some of them may be a little bit more unconventional than others. Sure. So what is feasible within the context of the law mm-hmm. would be kind of my first thing. The secondary piece is that people aren't bamboozled and hoodwinked when there's a death in their family. Because in our previous death episode, we talked about how you have more rights than you think you do. Yeah. And, you know, to be like in a time of grieving and navigating a difficult situation, even if you've already experienced death Mm -hmm. and we're the one kind of facilitating the process of the burial. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, to be upsold certain things. Like, no one needs a gold casket. Right. Or silk you know? lining. Exactly. Like, who cares? Like, moths will eat that up. <laughs> you know? And Carol does not care. See, I have never experienced this before, but in the state, like, in the area I live now, I ended up going to the ER a few months ago to get my appendix removed. Mm-hmm. And as I was there, they had me sign this paperwork that basically says, this is the person, if I do not wake up from this surgery, mm-hmm. that I entrust all of the decision making to. Yeah. Because in a lot of states, they just call next of kin. Mm-hmm. Well, that person can't always be trusted. You know, yes. especially <laughs> if like, this is a person who has not had contact with their family for so many years because of circumstances yeah either ideologies or circumstances and so why would they trust the person who don't even does don't jesus who does not even know them Mm -hmm. with these decisions and so i signed that my partner would be the one to make my decisions in the case that i don't wake up because i know that he knows what i want happened to me yeah and like they were super worried because i don't have a living will and testament. I don't have like um a living attorney or whatever. Like what Yeah, is that I don't called? either. Right. Like a power of attorney, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. For but you can have that specifically for your for your medical health, like medical mm-hmm. issues. And I'm like, I don't know who the, like I don't know. And they're like, well we can go ahead and just assign you one because the state has people that just gets assigned for anyone who like moves from out of state where this isn't normal or or the standard. And I just went all right. I don't like I don't I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It it becomes really finicky when you have like wards of the state having, you know, work um in a senior home. Mm-hmm. There were many people and you just wouldn't believe, especially like, you know, as an older person, it can be said and I hope this doesn't come across as callous that you are closer to end of life than let's say someone in our age. All things considered, right? And when you would ask them upon admission into this care facility, well, do you have a will and testament? Do you have a power of attorney? Do you have a selected funeral home? And they would look at you like you had three extra heads and be like, why would I need that? Because you about to die, Becky. That's why. (laughs) Becky, yeah. But it was shocking. It was appalling. And they would look at you like, why Why the hell would you ask me that even? And it's like, even for younger people, and especially if you have a terminal illness or, you know, some kind of chronic condition, it wouldn't be bad to have. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll tell you for now, like, I have beneficiaries. Oh, yeah, same. But because I don't want the state to take my money in the event of my death. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, I had a friend who had a family member die as a result of fighting a a substance abuse, and that kind of prompted them to, you know, have a will made, like, a very basic will, 
that I think they've amended several times since. And sometimes I think maybe that wouldn't be bad to have, Mm -hmm. you know, especially living from uh, far away from the family. But, um, yeah, have your, have your documents in order, (laughs) my guy. Yeah, I, I need to get on that piece of, of getting a will. And I don't know, sometimes it's like, it makes sense, obviously, because accidents happen every day. You don't yeah, know when you're going to pass. Right. And so you should have something in place to 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 make sure, you know, in case something happens, whatever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like a really depressing thought to make. Yes and no. <laughs> like, depressing, like, yeah, that's an end-of-life thing, no matter how soon or how far down the line it comes. But on the other hand, it's does give a sense of security that at least certain things will be taken care of the way you wanted them to be. Yeah, I've got to... I will never regret not having children. Ever. No. Mm -hmm. However, it does make it difficult when it comes to beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Because I do have, you know, an insurance policy. And currently, the only beneficiary that is listed is my husband is my spouse Mm -hmm. and in the case that we are both in the plane that goes down (laughs) or on a family vacation (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like i don't have anyone that would it would go to next so i do need to figure something out find something out on who it would go to yeah my my thought is, like, for now, my parents are designated beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. But let's say if I never end up having kids, then I would probably put, like, some kind of animal shelter. Oh, yeah. As the recipient of my, you know, money. Simply because I'm like, that's a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. These animals, you know, should be taken care of as well. I had never thought about that. You You can put down, like, an organization as a beneficiary, can't you? Sure can. People do it to the church all the time. Oh. Okay. But I'm not giving my coin to the church. <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, in a wholesome, Christ-loving manner. <laughs> Instead of wholesome, Christ-like dabs, wholesome, Christ-like fuck yous. Yeah, actually, though. <laughs> With respect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's something I hadn't even thought of, because I'm sure there are there are a million things that could use the funding. Mm-hmm. Huh. Certainly. That is so smart. Thank you for opening my eyes to that. Well, it's just like, you know, because I think following convention, we usually think of blood relatives, right? Right. But especially, like you said, in the event that maybe you're not close to those people, haven't spoken with them for one reason or another, or even the proximity of it, so by the time they get to you, mm-hmm. or... You know, whether you have a little or a lot, sometimes it's just easier because at the time of death, how often is it that the cockroaches crawl out of the woodwork? I I guess what we're trying to say, the very long, long winded answer of this is just like, have your documents in order, make the decisions that need to be made, because while it is an uncomfortable place, sure, comfortable conversation it's a necessity because what's the only guarantee that we're all gonna die yeah and if you live in america the only time where all of your wishes and uh autonomy will be granted is in death so have or at, at least it. it should be <laughs> not while you're alive none of that no that's no, your fault for living yeah especially if you're a woman <laughs> right in, in, anything so yeah no make sure that all of your T's are crossed and I's are dotted when it comes to the end. Yeah, and especially, like, you know how fetuses have more of a say than, like, the actual person carrying them? Mm Mm-hmm. And if you can have a say sometimes in how you die depending on the state or country you live in, I guess it ties to also start of life and these designer babies. I am very irked out by that concept. Mm Mm-hmm. That, you know, you could pick the sex of the baby, the eye color, like, what kind of superior, in their mind, you know, yeah, qualities that this child might possess. 
I I just think that's kind of messed up. Like, who's to say that you should have that kind of power of decision making, you know, whether you have the money to fund it or not? I think that's just nuts. Yeah, I... That's the... It's so... It's so phobic on so many levels. It's Mm -hmm. so ableist. All of these things, right? Of like... I only want to have a child if I can make it exactly like to be exactly what I want it to be. Yes. Then you don't you don't deserve to have a child. Yeah, and oh my gosh, can like on that topic, I was watching a horror movie uh-huh. and it was about this organization who would take like the DNA of prodigies and you know very exceptionally talented people like Vivaldi or like Michelangelo, even okay. Christ himself. Oh, fun. And, you know, to very wealthy individuals, just basically create these children, like these test tube babies. Mm-hmm. So they possess these qualities. And it's like, that's so messed up. That's so weird. And it's how you said that, you know, we have, we've gone through to these extreme lengths of deciding how a person is going to be before they even exist. Mm-hmm. And yet we can't extend that same um, – what do I want to say here? Like Consideration. Of, thank you. Consideration to people who are leaving this world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- those are kind of like my bones to pick with the ethics in the death and life department. Do you have any additional ones you want to add or add upon? I I don't know. I think the biggest – Ethic would just be treating a body, like a physical body, past their expiration date with Mm -hmm. the most respect because now that person truly doesn't have a voice anymore and they have Mm -hmm. no say in what happens to them, especially if they don't have a will and testament written. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that... I worry that if you work in a job where you're dealing with bodies, that it becomes routine and that you might lose sight that each body Mm. was a life lived. Yeah, get desensitized to that. Right. And I know that there are are plenty of doctors and whatnot where they never become desensitized. And it's – I have so much respect for the medical field. Mm -hmm. So much respect for the medical field because that is not a job I could ever do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, that is the only thing is that I want to make sure that no one ever becomes desensitized. Yeah. On one hand, I know it's probably some kind of like survival adaptive technique, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you, let's say, are coroner pathologist and you get the body of a baby or a young child, you know, or someone that died in very horrendous or suspicious circumstances. You know, how do you how do you deal with that if you are like a parent yourself or, you know, have a family member who went through the same thing or friend? On the other hand, yeah, this is not just like a specimen, you know, Mm -hmm. even if they're a donated body that someone concretely said, I want this to be for the purposes of medicine or whatever. They had a life, they had hobbies, they were a complex human person at some point. You're also not selfish if you choose not to donate your body to science. That is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I want to put that out there because I was once told that that would be selfish of me if I didn't donate my body. That, no, no. Yep, that's why we don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, like, even animals. Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen an animal mowed down by a car in front of me. <sighs> to me, they're just as innocent yeah. You know, because even if it's a larger animal, especially if it's a smaller animal, it's just so sad because this is also a thing that has complex emotions, can feel pain and everything. I So it really hurts me to see killed or seriously maimed animals. I have accidentally hit, I think it was a rabbit once, like fully mm-hmm. ran over. There was no way they lived after that. And yeah. I had to pull over to the side of the road. I was crying so hard because I hate that. I'm like, I'm a murderer and it was a total accident. Right. Right. 
And I understand that that just happens and animals run out into the road and we hit them. You know, even especially when it's something like a rabbit or a squirrel or someone that like nothing's in the road. They're in the road. They're under you. Like there's no time to react. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I still felt like such a bad person. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because you don't like when animals or people suffer. Right. In any capacity, whether it was an instantaneous death or or not. Yeah. But so you have a really good point here that ethics then can lead into the other topic of assisted suicide. Yes. So my understanding is that many states in the U.S. do not allow for it. Correct. Most states. Yeah. Um. I honestly don't see the problem with that. If mm-hmm. one has a terminal illness, you're, you know, you have pain management, but that can only do so much. Right. Before, you know, living becomes more of a burden than actually being deceased. Right. I, there's no other better way to say that, so I apologize. <laughs> But then, you know, there are people who, let's say, have uh, severe depression. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like this is the only solution, and if you're in a lucid state where you could say that and express th- those complex feelings, you know, in the absence of anything like a growth on the brain, you know, that could potentially impair that kind of reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, you know, they say, like, yeah, it is a mental disorder, so the brain does have, you know, something with the neurotransmitters that maybe affects your decision-making process. But I think all things considered, (laughs) you're still in a state where you can verbalize that and express that. So why shouldn't you have that available to you? I, my one piece against it, the only piece I would have against it, Mm -hmm. is that... There are a number of individuals who have attempted and lived and are so glad they lived. And yeah, yeah. There there are a number of stories and a number of people who, especially ones that have jumped from what they thought would be high enough distances mm-hmm. and they were not and they lived. And yeah. so many have said that while they were falling, all of their problems were solvable. Like they realized everything was solvable. And that this wasn't what they actually wanted. And Mm -hmm. so if – I do agree that assisted suicide should be allowed. Mm -hmm. I just feel like if if there could be levels or different ways. So, you know, for an elderly individual who is – who has been like – is terminally ill, is Mm -hmm. stage four cancer or – Whatever. And, you know, some people who are listening are like, well, they could still live. They could. They sure. could. But if you are 98 and you're done, it's like, okay, then you're, you're, you're done. I feel like that is a, a grace and an honor that should only be a, uh, given to you. Yeah. But I do wish that there, or, or hope that there could be some kind of like fail system. Where as a person mm-hmm. is either slipping away or whatever, and they realize this is not what they want, if there was like a, a hard stop, like a system shutdown or mm-hmm. or some way to stop it. Because sometimes it does take at the last second, at the mm-hmm. at the final hour. yard line, yeah, for someone to go, oh, fuck, this is not what I want. Yeah, I I think that's very valid. I think perhaps maybe including a medical professional, a doctor, a psychiatric like psychiatric professional like a psychiatrist or a clinical psychologist, mm-hmm. you know, doing a full battery to ensure that there's no other things, maybe having some kind of mental health support. Mhm. Especially if the primary cause is a mental one, not a physical cause like in, you know, a, a sickness, cancer or otherwise. Right. Um because you're right. Yeah, a lot of the people in those moments it's like finally i get the bigger picture of this right and, and can i can see outside myself i think that if we did assisted suicide mm-hmm. we would also need 
to already have in place free therapy in our country. Free it and ready access yeah, yeah, to mental health professionals. And and a lot of people are like, well, with my business, I get six free visits. I'm like, six free visits can show you what the fuck's wrong, but might not be enough time to give you tools to get out. Yeah, or even make sense of like, oh, in fact, it was childhood trauma, not, you know, me just being sad at work or something. <laughs> right. Like, you need more than six visits to work through all of that, babe. Like, yeah, and, and the fact that people are like, yeah, six visits, totally. And excited about that, that's really sad. The bar is very low. <laughs> it's very low, at least in America. And so I think that, I, I, I again, I totally agree that assisted suicide should be an option. Mm. But I also think, with a caveat, it should only be an option if we already have a mental health system that is yeah. easy and affordable. Yes, yeah, and that's like a complete system overhaul, at least in the U.S. Yeah, and it would be. I would like to add that we should also add lawyers into the mix as well, mm-hmm. so that the person making this decision, and especially if they attempt on their own ahead of time, yeah, that you know they cannot claim other people as you know pushing them into this or as responsible for it because that yeah that's just kind of messed up as well. <laughs> yeah just to to have it notarized of this is me of my own free will and volition of yes yeah of doing that and so it's but i i do think that especially for people who are already at the end of the line who have mm-hmm, no other mm-hmm. options like it why make someone suffer longer when they don't have and call it to. humane <laughs> Yeah. And especially, this is what also throws me, throws me for an absolute loop, right? Is that, especially in religious circles, and the afterlife is painted as such a wondrous, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And yet those same people don't want to die. I'm like, but you, you have everything going for you, supposedly. Like, why are Allegedly. you, <laughs> why are you so freaked out that granddad is done? Like, if he's such a great person and if you're, belief is true then like you should be excited for them yeah we talked about this last the last time we talked about death is that the the older you get or the closer to end of life you get especially if you're like let's say a younger person Mm -hmm. the stronger the fear of death becomes and the stronger the impulse to want to live and fight for your life yeah you know just tooth and nail and so what's the point? You know? Yeah. And we're not saying that's the case for everyone, but it certainly happens often enough that people freak out. Yeah, and I think that if there was an assisted suicide program, that it would have to, like, you would have to be over 25. Mm, like fully formed brain. Fully formed brain, having your emotions centered, mm-hmm. and that would be, like, there would have to be caveats, right? Absolutely. There would have to be certain boxes that would have to be checked first. Mm-hmm. And so it's it gets real messy in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is just speaking, at least from my point of view, of the more, I don't want to say standard, almost dead person, but like... <laughs> no, yeah, let's call it that. Like the cut and dry, what we think of right. standard death. Yeah. When I'm... Eventually, 98, 99, and possibly slipping to dementia and maybe have two broken hips. Like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get that titanium. I'm going to get robot legs. <laughs> and stuff. Going to be a real android. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, again, if we're talking designer babies and people are fully, like, having these cloned animals born in this external womb who's to say that that won't be in the future like very ghost in the shell (laughs) so i i want to push us forward and Mm because we we also talked a lot about assisted suicide in our last episode but just didn't name it um so what would be maybe if you were allowed to have anything done with your body past your expiration date Mm -hmm. What would be the wildest thing that you would want to happen? 
Um, I, like, the water cremation that I was talking about would be, like, minimum. Okay. If we're talking, like, conservative death, right? (laughs) If I really wanted a crazy burial, one of those, like, full Tibetan sky burials where, like, uh scavengers come and just like you know literally you return to nature you become one with the cycle okay so if that were allowed i think that would be pretty dope i know colorado does like the viking funeral pyres oh all right yeah if you have like my favorite music playing and you know there i am sizzling (laughs) you'll just visit the mountains and be like all right light me up boys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's party time, fellas. You look into the distance, it's not the sunset, it's just S in her final glory. Yeah, blaze of glory. Hit him up. <laughs> and like, you know, I have like a Twitter handle or something and like, send pictures <laughs> if you were there. Oh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Because um, everyone is like, I want a celebration of my life, you know, make it happy, yeah. make it joyous. And I'm just like, no, you want a real party? <laughs> Let's get into it. Um, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Oh my God. Um, but I think like, yeah, most out there form of death, if it were legal in the US, because I don't know that it is, would be exactly that with the scavengers and eaten up my remains. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I feel like... I I don't know. I kind of have two where the first one, I think it'd be really cool to just be shot into space. Like your ashes, your full body. Full body, just yeet. Toward the sun. <laughs> towards the sun. Send me out. Actually, no, put me towards Pluto. I want to go <laughs> 12 years <laughs> down yeah, to get there. I want to go out to the ice crystal farm. All right, that's where I'm going. That's that's pretty metal. That's pretty baller. And so I'd either want to be shot into space, into the stars, become one with the stars again, as we are all made from stardust, to stardust I shall return. But how, can I ask logistically, like, because, you know, to get your body past certain barriers in the ozone, you know, like, how do you prevent the body from burning up? See, that's why I would need to be sent up with, like, a couple of astronauts in a rocket. Got it, okay. And then once we got out there, have them Uzi shoot me from the spaceship. This is like a Looney Tunes, like, <laughs> cannon, you know, the, like, circus thing yeah. when they fire people out the cannon, but it's also, like, very uh, pirate sailor type death where they throw you off the ship into the sea. <laughs> yes! See, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Just whew, send me out. And, <laughs> and they have to scream yeet while they do it. Absolutely. It's in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my will. Honor it. <laughs> and if not that, I feel like another one would be, I would want my skeleton to be perfectly preserved and put on display somewhere. But like somewhere cool. Like um, a, a, like a nature museum? Yeah. Either a nature museum or even just a nature preserve. Just have me like chilling out with the buffalo or something i don't know that'd be cool you like acting casual you know that pose like leaning up against something (laughs) and just in a field so i'm not actually leading against yeah (laughs) but you know what that would actually be pretty cool if they just like again taxidermied you see i all all of you intact like they stuff you up especially like you know give you some fillers the juvederm the full treatment (laughs) yank it back Especially if you're older, right? Oh my god. (laughs) And what if, like, your family's like, we want to keep her, so they, like, prop you up on display, like, Barbie Stan style? Listen, I said I want to be displayed somewhere cool, not BFE Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) What if, like, it was, like, a big museum or, like, at a big Kansas university or something? You know, maybe. Maybe my alma mater. I I could see it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I still think the skeleton would be radder and have mm. me, like, maybe in a pose of doing a dab, just... <gasps> half and half. What if you were, like, half skeletal, half human? 
dabbing. <laughs> in like a biology lab so you can see all the tissues. Yes. Yes, like if you want to get a woman into STEM. <laughs> oh my god, no. The mascot, yeah, the trailblazer. Oh man, that'd be funny. I didn't even think yeah. of that doing like and, a half and half. Yeah, and, and like in Latin, you know, on the plaque at the on your stand, if you will. Yeah. On your podium, it would be like math is hard, but stats are cool. <laughs> <laughs> math is hard, but stats go harder. <laughs> S yes. just dabbed for me. Yeah, the period. <laughs> <laughs> or like fleek. On fleek. Um, <laughs> stats on fleek. Um, or, 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 or some like anime quote. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, like Lord, Lord Death Explosion or whatever that name that Bakugo originally wanted, you know, <laughs> Lord Murder Explosion. <laughs> god damn it carved into your bones no not my bones you need my bones out of this bonjour jesus oh man see i like this this is i needed another person to like riff off of to have the ultimate body positioning yeah, like, you saying these things, I'm like, I'm getting really excited. A lot of, like, you know, the gears are going in my head, so it's like, here's yeah, some thoughts. <laughs> let's wrap this up so I can get on this. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if these are useful <laughs> in any way or, you know, whatever, but <laughs> just just spitballing. Oh, Jesus. All right, so that's that's our, our coolest way to go. Yeah, yeah. So Oh, but we up? also talked about, like, cesarean section. We did. You know how, or, like, in the notes, at least, when we were talking about these things, now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, we had, I had written that down because it's, like, people are are not allowed to choose how they exit this world, and yet we choose how mm-hmm. they come into this world. So, along the line of designer babies, but, you know, if you're breached or if something happens. The cord, yeah. Right, you have to be effectively removed. From <laughs> effectively yeeted from that body. <laughs> from the the parent that you are residing within. Which sounds utterly disgusting. So, it sounds like alien, you know, like the one that like busts out of the chest. <laughs> I okay, fun fact, not so fun fact, is the reason they created the alien to be a face hugger was so that men could experience the same fear of impregnation against their will as women do. Finally, that someone understands. Yeah, from the creator. I read about that the other day. Was the creator a man or a woman? A uh, man. Good. Uh, we we stand. I say that, but let me. Because <laughs> it was, you know, it was just like that movie Prometheus, where the cyborg guy he takes some of like the alien residue. Mm-hmm. And then feeds it to the man, right, in a drink or something. Mm-hmm. And then he gets the lady pregnant. And then she grows, like, you know, this alien. And she needs to have, like, emergency cesarean, like, vacuumed out of her body. Yeah. I yeah. I was right. It was created by a man. It was directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Brien. All right. Someone's thinking. Or O'Brien. Sorry. Sorry, Sue. Or dude. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth just decided to not work for a minute. Let's move on. Yeah, technical difficulties. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, absolutely um, should have that same right extended living or leaving. Yes, living and leaving. Yes, title. <laughs> Live, laugh, leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the die, cry, hate, you know. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. But um, <laughs> another thing we were also uh, getting into thought-wise was city expansion and how, like, the proximity d- to death has changed. Because mm-hmm. in the first part of death, we were talking about how most people often die and are born in hospitals. And mm-hmm. it's a very sterile experience. Right. The same can be said for the way in which we surround ourselves with death, or rather, how we choose not to anymore. Yes. So there is this 
a lot of big cemeteries actually were created as garden cemeteries Mm -hmm. past churchyards. So initially, the dead, so people in America would be would go to a, a, a church. They'd be a member of a clergy, not clergy, member of a church, family, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And when they died, then it was, you were supposed to be buried on consecrated ground, mm-hmm. which is the churchyard. That's where you would be, your body would be safest or whatever. Ensure it's ascent to heaven, right? So that's, that's the OG graveyard as we right. know it. That is the OG graveyard churchyard where you would go well then the population exploded and Mm. you couldn't expect every church to then have a graveyard for their entire population (laughs) right right and so then they started to create these garden cemeteries or cemetery like that's where the word then turned into cemetery Mm -hmm. where it would be a place outside of town that you would go and take the dead. And in garden cemeteries, and there would be like these lovely paths and, you know, flowers and they would have ponds and like it would just be this really beautiful, serene place that then you could be laid to rest. Mm-hmm. Well, then cities exploded. And Damn. so now <laughs> you have cities and buildings that are pushing right up against graveyards that have been there for hundreds of years what are you supposed to do i mean it's not like you can dig up the bodies and build on this now incredibly expensive land which in many cases they do yeah some yeah a lot of Mass the times they did and stuff yeah and so that's why you have cemeteries that are in the middle of towns and cities or at least they seem to be mm-hmm. in the middle they weren't at one time now they mm-hmm. are because the place exploded It's so interesting how at periods in history, they could not accommodate the number of the dead, whether it be wars or, you know, plagues, things like that. And they created things like the catacombs or bone chapels or even like a whole necropolis. I mean, mausoleums, yeah. Yeah, mausoleums, like cities of the dead, actual real cities of the dead, you could say. Right. And... How do you accommodate that when people do want, you know, a physical burial, the classic, I'm in a coffin or casket, put me into the earth, mm-hmm. even a mausoleum, because sometimes they have coffins and caskets in mausoleums, but also these urns. So some mm-hmm. ways are more compact than others, let's say. I think it was India and possibly Korea. Mm-hmm. That has this thing where you are allowed to be buried in a coffin if you wish mm-hmm. for five or ten years. Uh huh. And then you have to be dug back up and cremated. And the reason. <laughs> it's like a leasing period. <laughs> right. And the reason is because they have so many people. Yeah. And not enough space. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you're in an island country and right. you expect to bury everyone, what, where the where the hell are they supposed to go? Hello, everyone. It's Dee here in post-production. I'm just jumping in to correct myself. And it appears that more and more European countries are being forced to adopt a burial rental program. So in Greece... Burial plots are rented for a three-year period with yearly extensions available. The Netherlands lease plots for 10 to 20 years, Switzerland and Sweden for 25, Italy for 10 to 30, and Germany for 15 to 30. It looks like France and Portugal still allow for perpetual plots, but there are temporary leases available. And even more cautious is the UK, where the City of London Cemetery has taken to reusing graves that haven't been touched in 75 years. Just some food for thought. Back to the show. Yeah, and I know some people may be saying like, oh, well, South Korea has one of the lowest like fertility rates, at, you know, as of 2023. Doesn't matter. Doesn't right. matter. People are still alive. Like, that's that's the fun fact about... Uh, fertility rates that just shows you that people won't be living 
in 50 yeah. years, but there are currently people living. Yeah, and many elderly people who will be dying down the line. Yeah, so it's – I want to make it very clear to the audience that I am not fully educated in this at all. This is like – I watched a documentary a year ago, and I this is just what I remember. So please be gentle. No, like, and I am not I think trying to be a dick. No, no. But I just – it's very odd then to – to drive through a city or a suburb and out of nowhere there's just a cemetery yeah yeah like and especially if there's like grouped by faiths like jewish cemeteries catholic cemeteries uh, whatchamacallit i was in new york a few years ago and they Mm -hmm. you know new york like concrete jungle that's what that is and to see some churches with the graveyards like tiny little like plot of land like a backyard size right. you know graveyard and it was kind of cute <laughs> at the same time and then you're like oh yeah that, that isn't really a thing anymore yeah there's my my hometown is 2000 people right mhm very small and we have three active cemeteries so three cemeteries where people are still being buried Mm-hmm. And we have an inactive cemetery that is like two miles outside of town. Mm-hmm. It is inactive and so far out of town because it is a Confederate soldier cemetery. Got it. Because they did not want them buried with the rest of town. Interesting. Because they were deemed traitors mm-hmm. to the nation. Mm-hmm. And so they were buried completely separately. And it's it's odd how cemeteries can move and shift and change over time. I would be curious to see, because in so many places, especially like third or first world countries. Yeah. You know, the populations have stagnated or declined as far as new births. Mm-hmm even though there is technically overpopulation. Right. So how will cemeteries look like in the future? What those burial traditions may morph into? Mm-hmm. Because some people are more rigid about, especially if they follow a certain faith tradition more strongly, may right. feel like, like we talked about last time, my body needs to be whole for the second coming of Christ when everyone's resurrected and for the final judgment. Right. Or, you know, like, let's say in Buddhism, where cremation is the natural order of things, right? Yeah. Um, So how will we accommodate those changes in population, whether increase or decrease? And will people at any point, like, more of the general public, not maybe, like, let's say death enthusiasts or, you know, people who do this for a living – and are not so bothered by the notion, Mm -hmm. come to accept death more readily, or at least not fear and push back against it so much. Right. I think, well, I I know this isn't like what you asked, but I think what I would like to see in the future is Mm -hmm. more eco-friendly ways of uh, putting Mm -hmm. people to rest. I would love to see less headstones and more trees. Or that part. Like I some people are like, well, what if it's a haunted forest? Bitch, make it a haunted forest then. Let's go. Like, let's do this. I would love to be the witch in the woods who lives in a cemetery forest and like kept track of all of the trees and made sure that the new ones were thriving. Like that would be my job. I would love that. Yeah, just a little hard <laughs> bog witch and just loving a little, it. <laughs> a little hut in the back of the tree cemetery, and I'll be the groundskeeper. It's totally fine. Wholesome, right? Wholesome. I I love that. I love that. <laughs> and so I I think that that's where I would like it to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially I think another piece that puts this strain on individuals is that they want to be buried where they were born. And it's mm-hmm. there are just some places where that's not feasible. It's no. not possible. And for for the religious purposes of having, you know, the, your whole body in the ground for the second coming, how much of your body's gonna be left? 
Girl, <laughs> there are them. some people that were buried back in the 1800s here in America that believed of the second coming, and it's been, I don't think there's much left of them in them boxes, but that's just me. I would think if you're cremated, you're still there in right. a more powdered chocolate mix-like form. I think it's a, again, I think it's like a soul issue, not a physical issue. Yes, yeah, and like... Many religious thoughts do dictate that the body is just a physical vessel, the corn husk, the meat suit, however you like <laughs> to call it. It's just the outer shell, and it's what's yeah. within that counts, the the abstract. Right. So I think that that's what I would like to see personally, is just more mm-hmm. – I mean, also, we need more goddamn trees. Like, we are killing yes. ourselves – and bumblebees. Think- trees and bumblebees. Yes, trees and bumblebees. And you can, like, in between the trees of the people buried, you could just plant wildflowers and it'll be fine. It'll be a utopia. That's why I'm so for the people that instead of, like, a the typical grass lawn, when they have plants that are native to the area. Yes. Or let the grass grow taller to sustain more life and, you know, don't use pesticides and fertilizers and things that like just sink into the ground and damage everything and whatever eats the grub that ate the poison then dies and you know yeah it's a circle of life elton john said it best (laughs) he surely did do you have any final thoughts on this thing we call death and no i think i've said all of my pieces and i just you know, hope that anyone who is listening understands that these are also just our personal beliefs and musings <laughs> and musings and know that anyone like we totally support the respect and decision of anything that anyone mm-hmm. decides as long as you're not wanting to like be buried in a freaking golden Sears tower tower building in the middle of like New York or something like that's just <laughs> ridiculous but all right <laughs> yeah yeah this is more meant as like a dialogue and discussion you know we like when people disagree or if you, we missed a point yeah so let us know or got something wrong because like I said I am it not happens, educated yeah. in this <laughs> yeah because remember Deftoven was blind <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts and opinions, dear S, for the listeners? No, my thoughts laid me down to rest. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Well, with that being said, (laughs) with that being said, thank you everyone for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out to the universe, and send us to your friends. Tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week, stay alive, friends. Take care, everyone.